Welcome to So You Want to Be a Witch, the podcast for soul-centered entrepreneurs and the people who love them. Welcome back to So You Want to Be a Witch. I am your host, Sarah M. Chapel, founder of the Holistic Business Academy, business philosopher. I'm trying that out. One of our HBA students referred to me that way the other day, and I love it. So business philosopher, feral mystic, more to come on that later. It's a little little tease for y'all. And today we're going to dive into something I think that's really important to talk about both in terms of being clear on how businesses are run, but also as a really practical strategic thing to keep in mind. And that is self-funding your business. So when we're talking about small businesses, or as I increasingly call businesses, my size and your size, most likely, depending on where you are. But if you're listening to this show, you probably have what I refer to as a micro business, right? These are businesses where you generally don't have any full-time employees or maybe a couple of full-time employees. Um, considering that increasingly the government seems to you know, mark 50 employees at the time at which you are actually required to comply with most benefit and labor laws, it seems. I'm going to say you have under 50 employees, you're a micro business, and probably generating under a million dollars a year in revenue, maybe quite a bit less, right? Micro businesses are generally self-funded. Uh, or are funded with um, small amounts of money from other people, um, but not funded in the way that a lot of traditional startup businesses are, which is through like full-on venture capital funding, seed money, things like this. And I want to start to draw a distinction between this because I think a lot of micro-business owners get a little confused or are doing the thing where we're comparing our insides to somebody else's outsides when they're looking at certain businesses. And there, it's important to start kind of right off the bat. If you're somebody who has funding for your business, awesome, good for you. This will still be useful for you. But I know that most of you do not. Or if you do, you know, it's probably something like your self-funding or maybe a friend or relative gave you some cash to start up or something like that, but probably not the, you know, multiple uh, five-figure, six-figure plus investments that that a lot of businesses get. So when a business is getting funding, I want to be clear, I'm not a funding expert. So this is just kind of a a top of view, top level view here. And especially we see this in in the tech space. And that causes a lot of problems. (laughs) But a lot of times when a business is getting funding, they often haven't actually even proven the business model yet. Uh, Or if they have proven the business model, they haven't gone into full production yet or full um, creation of their business yet. This is really common in tech where the main goal is to get people to give you enough money to grow enough of a business to go public. It's more of a almost a gaming the stock market kind of thing than it is actually growing a sustainable business. Of course, there are businesses that are funded that are actually doing work in the world, but there's a whole system around trying to get seed money. You might have heard that or venture capital. And you probably have heard about different series, series A, series B, series C funding. That's how many funding rounds they get. And if you want to learn more about this in a very like amusing way, like a way that is not boring or uh, very, I mean, I think it's interesting anyway, but for something that's a little bit more playful and fun, there's a fantastic book called Billion Dollar Loser. Um, about the rise and fall of WeWork. If you're familiar with WeWork, which is is a uh, a co-working space company, um, really fun book that talks a lot about venture capital and and capital raising through this story of the rise and fall of of WeWork and its charismatic and terrifying leader. 
super fun, especially if you like things like, I don't know, yeah, corporate scandal, then I highly recommend it. But essentially, when you're approaching this, what you do is you're putting together something like a pitch deck, almost as if you're going to um, pitch yourself for PR or something. It seems very similar, best I can tell. And you are making projections based on what you think your business can make, especially if it gets these levels of investment. And the whole point is that your business is being valued. It goes through a valuation process. And these companies decide to make investments often in terms of owning part of the business at that certain value. It's a whole thing, but suffice it to say, a lot of the businesses that you see that seem to be growing very fast, and this is not just in the tech space. We see this with physical products all the time. You see this with software, definitely, but you do also see this with info products and other kinds of business models. They seem to be growing really fast. A lot of times they have money. People are giving them money. And I think that's important to say, because again, we start to look at other people's businesses and we're like, oh my God, they're grow- that, that is growing so quickly. They went from zero to a million in like six seconds. A lot of times they're getting funding and they might be doing it through this former formal funding process and I'm doing a terrible job of explaining. Or maybe they're getting funding from another source, whether that's family money, intergenerational wealth or, or some other funding source, or perhaps they even took out you know, a large personal loan or something like that. But for most of us here listening, we're probably what is really called self-funding. And that means that you are the one who is putting the money into the business. So that might at the start look like working another job while starting your business, right? So you are working another job, you are being paid at that job, you are using some of that money to cover what is necessary to start and grow your business, to cover your domain name registration, to cover any educational expenses, to cover your bookkeeping software, right? Whatever those kind of initial setup expenses are, you might be doing that. Maybe again, you got a loan. Um, I would put that kind of more under the funding um, category. Or, you know, maybe you do have like a partner or someone who is helping maybe cover some of your living expenses so you can invest in the business, etc. Reason I want to bring this up today, though, is because self-funding is a really critical skill, in my opinion, for the micro business owner, even if you've already gotten started or even if you do have access to other financial resources. Learning how to self-fund your business gives you a lot of freedom to change direction, to reprioritize what you want to do, and also to make bigger investments in your business. So as a skill, when we're talking about self-funding, what we're looking at is starting to look at how different pieces of your business or different actions can be leveraged to support other actions. How can you generate revenue in some way to make an investment somewhere else? And this is a very different way of thinking about making money in your business than just the, I want to hit a certain amount every month because that's what sounds good to me or because that covers my bills. When we're talking about self-funding, we're starting to go beyond covering your own bills and starting to look at growth. And as I said, you need funding at different times in your business, often right when you're starting out because there are startup costs for every business, even if it's just, you know, registering an LLC or something, right? That all costs money. So there's always these startup costs, these overhead costs. If you are doing a physical product, you have to buy your first supplies, right? And all these things. And I do often teach people how to sell things before they're made so you can generate revenue upfront. I'm a big fan of that if it's something that you're comfortable with, even for physical products doing pre-sales, because then you aren't laying out cash for something that isn't been pro- hasn't been proven. Um, so I'm a big fan of this. It's actually what we talk about inside the Holistic Business Academy with the bare bones offer is this idea of doing a beta test or doing a pre-sale method for an offer so you're not building out an entire product or an entire service until you validated that people want that. 
And if you want to learn more about that, actually, we do have a free training you can watch at holisticbusinessacademy.com forward slash consistent, which is all about how to create consistent income without doing all the things. You can head over there and watch that training, learn more about HBA and this idea of the bare bones offer. But regardless, it'll become after that starting point, there's going to be different times in your business where you need to generate cash. And this is on my mind very much right now because we are making moves. We've got stuff to do this year. And some of that's stemming from my own personal interests shifting and some of that's stemming from kind of just where we are business-wise. So a lot of times that growth in your business, it does require money. At some point, you're probably going to hit a market cap with who you can reach organically uh, successfully in your business. I'm a huge fan of not spending ad money or influencer money or other money up front if you can't avoid it in your business, unless you just have a lot of cash, in which case go for it. That's why funded businesses are often able to grow quickly. They can afford some level of advertising or have a budget to give their product away, for example. Um, that might not be true for you, uh, as it wasn't true for me. So we hit these places where you've probably hit the maximum um, kind of organic reach that you're likely to get. Now, and that could be organically in terms of, you know, where you live locally, uh, in terms of your social media growth or other ways that you're reaching people that way. And of course, some of you will be uh, lucky or, you know, really work hard at organic growth and have very fast growth and maybe be able to outpace yourself in terms of that growth. But for a lot of us, we start to turn to financial investment, whether that means multiplying the amount of time that's able to be spent in the business through hiring, whether that is paying ads, hiring PR firms, uh, you know, any number of different things, or just being able to create more resources, right? Like actually having the money to make a podcast, for example, which does take time and energy and, and cash. So we have these moments in our business right when we start, but then also usually at growing pains, different areas where you need money. <laughs> and even if your business is at a sustainable level, if you want to reach another level, you need more cash than you already have. Um, this is money above and beyond whatever you are naturally generating in your business. So this idea of self-funding then is starting to think beyond the present moment and beyond you know, whatever your baseline revenue is and think into what it might look like to be able to generate cash to go towards growth. So when we're looking at this self-funding, this is a skill that you can develop. And I want to encourage you to start to think about this through this lens of when, what can I have in my toolkit that I can press play on that will, with relative ease, generate revenue above and beyond our baseline revenue. Now, the key here is that we're going above and beyond. And this is important because we're not looking for things that are long-term or sustainable when we're talking about self-funding. We're looking for flashes in the pan. This is a place where we're looking for those quick actions and that quick revenue turnaround. Now, these might be things that you can do sustainably, and these this fund that you're raising yourself can essentially be turned into more sustainable things, right? Doing something to get a lump of cash this month that you are going to spend on ads to lead people to your primary product, it becomes sustainable over time, but we're looking for that cash flow upfront. This is also really powerful if you are having situations where you're having cash flow problems, which is not uncommon for small business owners. A lot of us don't have lines of credit on your business, aren't using credit cards for business, or even if you are, maybe they're maxed, happens. And you might need cash, maybe you have to pay a tax bill or something, right? So we're looking for these flash in the pan moments. 
And I, I think that that's a really important distinction because I talk so much about sustainability in the business and things that you can do over and over again. I do not think of self-funding actions as being sustainable. I think of them as being like, yeah, like we're just going to do this this one time or when we need to. These are your, your back pocket strategies. So what does this look like? What we want is a maximum bang for your buck or buck for your bang, I guess, in your business. The first thing to do is to get clear on how much revenue you're trying to generate in this flash moment. Is it money to hire someone? Is it money for an ad spend? Is it money so you can take some time off? That's another another reason you might want to generate some cash up front so you can take a month off or something, right? What do you want to do? A second piece is, what can you do that doesn't require sustained effort from you? This feels important to me. Um, you might have a different experience, but again, if this is meant to be a one and done, like a, a like we're really trying to to generate cash up front so you can do something else. This is not about tying yourself to like a six month group coaching program or a seasonal CSA with your products or something like that. That's not that is sustainable long term. That's not sustainable for a flash in the pan though. When the goal is to get that money, get it done, and be able to put it into the growth that you're seeking. So when I think about self-funding, what I think about are things that are easy to implement, fast to implement, and have a high return on my time investment. So you could ask yourself those questions as you're thinking of your ideas. Is this easy for me to do? Now, ease for you might, might vary, but I would think essentially, do you already have something done that you can repurpose? Is there a topic or a product that you know like the back of your hand that you can do something with? Is it fast? Could you turn this around in a week, right? If we're looking at self-funding, yes, it would be nice to plan ahead constantly, but business, especially small, small businesses change so fast. Sometimes you wake up one day and realize, oh, fuck, I need cash. Or, oh, man, I can see to reach our goals, we have to be able to hire this person or do this thing, okay? And then we want it to be a really big ROI, a return on your time investment. What can you do that will actually make you money? So we can look at something that might not be great examples, right? A great, a not a not great example would be something like writing a book. Now I use writing a book and books as the ultimate scalable offer. And I think that that's true. But books are not flash in the pan offers, right? They take a long time to write. I think even the fastest writer would still take a little bit to write a book. They often are slow growth unless you happen to be with one of the top publishers and ha- or already have a large existing audience, in which case... You wouldn't be selling a book to make money in quite the same way that what we're talking about here. Also, they don't cost a lot. People expect to pay $30 or less for a book, ideally under 20 bucks, ideally under 10 bucks, ideally maybe free at the library. You know, it's not something that people place. People love books. I love books. Do not get me wrong. Massive reader here. But it's not something that we expect to pay a lot of money for. So it has a low financial value for people just due to the marketplace. So a book would not be a great thing to do. It's not easy, it's not fast, and it's not gonna have a, it's not gonna have a quick ROI, and it's probably not gonna have a big financial return, at least not right off the bat. But there could be a version of that that might, right? Maybe you write an ebook. Maybe it's not super long. It's actually you mostly repurposing content that you've worked with on one-on-one clients, or maybe you have a bunch of recipes, or you have instructions already written out for something that you make. You're able to just teach somebody something. So maybe it's, it's, it is actually easy. You can just use content you already have and then you can do it fast. You throw it in Canva, you pay somebody on Upwork to design it for you. You, you don't worry too much about it. You don't try to go a traditional publishing route. You just put it in a PDF and 
you charge, you know, 30 bucks for it. But because it was fast and easy to make, and it's only $30, you're able to sell a lot of them. That could potentially be a good example of this. I think the most powerful examples of these things, though, are actually stuff that requires even less time. My personal favorite ones are doing some one-off sessions or doing workshops. So we've built workshops into our business as a kind of routine part at this point, mostly because we like them. Y'all seem to like them. Uh, They're super fun. My favorite thing about them, though, is how fast they are. I get in, I teach the workshop, I leave. (laughs) And I love all of our programs that have sustainable long-term support, like our Holistic Business Academy, you know, that we offer a huge amount of customer support and service in these programs. But it's also really fun for me to do something that does not include that, where I'm not going to be expected to be on and be available for an extended period of time. Also, for me, workshops are places where I get to test ideas. And often they're ideas I've already been working on, so I already have drafts or concepts. It's not something that's brand new. I usually do workshops that are based off of things that I'm already thinking about. I want to see how they go over with people. I want to make sure they work. It's a place where I get to really test my ideas. And because it's live and it's a workshop, I get that immediate feedback. But it's also not me coming up with brand new stuff generally. I am using ideas that I already have in my workshop. And for us, we can implement a workshop in nine days. (laughs) from our first cart open email to the day the workshop starts, nine days. It is amazing how quickly we can do it. And it makes me so happy because it's something that we just press play on in my business at any time. And while we do do them regularly, they are something that I'll pull out of my back pocket if we want to do some self-funding. So I'll show up. I will do my two-day song and dance. I'm doing one uh, this weekend when I'm recording this. Um, It'll be past this by the time you guys hear this, but um, I'm doing one tomorrow at the time that I I am recording this. I'm super excited. I love teaching workshops. And we get a bunch of cash up front for me to do two days of work. Of course, keeping in mind, it's not two days of work. This is my 15 plus years of experience condensed into two days of work, right? But it's great. And because it's a workshop, it feels high value because we're able to do things live. We're interacting. I'm, I'm working directly with the people who sign up for the workshop and they get recordings of it. They get copies of our slides. So we create a really high value experience. So we're able to charge more for it too. So it's fast. It's easy for me. It plays to my strengths personally. And we get a great return on investment in terms of how much money we make from a workshop. It has been really successful for us. The other thing that I like to do, I actually am just able to do this again um, because we are doing some self-funding right now. I think I'll tell you a little bit about what we're up to is I am for the first time in, I don't know, a year plus opening up my schedule for some one-off, one-on-one coaching. Right now, you can actually book an hour-long session with me Um, You have a form you have to fill up in advance. It gives me all this information so I can prepare before our call. We have an hour-long coaching session where we can, I mean, basically cover anything you want. Um, You can use it just to pick my brain if you desire, or we can do a more classic kind of coaching session where I will help you to identify limitations in the business, come up with the best sales and marketing strategies, and set you up with your next steps. And I haven't had time to do this. We've been so busy. Because of some changes that are coming up, I'm going to be able to actually do that again, which I'm excited about. But it's also a great ROI for me. I show up, I use all my skills, but I show up for an hour and I have, you know, maybe 30, 40 minutes of prep time before a call for under two hours of work. I can have a massive impact and we can charge an appropriate amount for that due to my level of expertise and what I can really what I can help somebody to achieve in one session. 
So that can be a really great way, especially if you're not someone who does do a lot of one-off work. If your entire business is built on you know, one-off tarot readings, for example, that may not work for you because that's already your business model, right? So another place you can look are things that are not in the norm for your business, that people would might be really excited to have something different, okay? So we want something again, easy, fast, big ROI. For those of you that make physical products, a fantastic thing to do, I mean, well, definitely a workshop, teach people shit, people love to learn stuff, do a workshop, teach them how to do something that relates to the work that you make, go for it. That's true for everybody. Workshops, I think, are one of the smartest things. Just please don't underprice for them. <laughs> or if you do have a sliding scale so that folks can, can pay on the higher end, because a lot of times I see people undervaluing their work in workshops. So make sure you're charging appropriately, or if you want, have a sliding scale or some scholarships, but make sure that that top end of that pricing honors your work for the folks who are able to invest at that level. Give them that opportunity to, especially again, if you're self-funding. But you could also maybe make a one-off product that is, you know, a limited edition, right? You've seen that before. People do limited edition stuff all the time. Why do they do that? They do that to drive sales. <laughs> it's often expensive to make limited edition things because you're making something outside of the norm, but because it's limited, people want it more. So a limited edition product can be a really fantastic tool for product makers. So what we're, these are a couple different ideas. And now I'm going to challenge you to think about what that looks like in your business. What can you turn around in your business to generate cash for you faster? And yes, this can be used as a band-aid if you're having a month that doesn't go the way you want it to or something like that. I think one other thing I will mention for some of you, especially those of you that maybe are service-based or are already seeing clients one-on-one, -on -one, so that strategy doesn't work, this is a place where, used cautiously, a higher-end package can be a really valuable tool here, especially if you can get a sizable payment up front. So if you have a capacity in your schedule to do, even if it's like a month-long package, it doesn't have to be super long. Remember, we're not trying to do something that's super drawn out. But even if it's like a month-long package, um, to help somebody get a very specific result that you can help them with, with your service or your, your healing or some, whatever your work is, that can be great too, because often you only need to sell one or two if it's priced appropriately to raise some real, real money. If you put together a package of some sort, because that should be several hundred, if not several thousand dollars, depending on what the work is. So that can be a really great way to raise money. So I hope these ideas have been helpful for you. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about why this is on my mind, just to give some context. Because yes, we can, as I said, use this kind of as a band-aid. Sometimes you just need cash. Sometimes cash flow sucks. And nobody ever wants to talk about that. Like, I see so many, so many online business coaches talking about how they're like massively high profit margins. And yes, while a lot of online businesses can have high profit margins, those are often businesses that are not like my model, for example, where we offer a lot of direct customer support, even at our lower cost offers. It costs money to do that, right? We have team members. I work like a lot, <laughs> you know, not all the time, but like we do a lot of, a lot of, of um, high touch support for a low cost. That means that our costs are higher, like as a business. So I understand, I hear you on the cash flow and we are self-funded. So I don't have a, I don't have a magical pig, piggy bank to go to if we, if we have a, a rough month for some reason. But right now for me in particular, just to give you some context, there's two things that we're doing that I am really excited about and that require money. <laughs> so the first is that we're working on expanding our reach. We're working on scaling the Holistic Business Academy. And we did a lot of this last year. We had to put the pause on it again to, to reshape everything in the back end. I've told this story multiple times, so I won't again. But I tend to be somebody who 
pushes hard and then stops in order to make sure things are, are in place. I don't, I, I'm a big risk taker, but I don't like to take a risk when it comes to customer support or, or what we're offering in the business. So I tend to be a little bit slower until I have all my systems and processes and, and staff in place to make sure that we're doing our best job. Other people are different, which is totally fine, but I've just noticed over time, I, I like the safety net of really strong systems, especially since I, I get sick and have a lot of days where I can't work. I need that stuff in place, especially as we grow. So to do that, we are running a lot of ads. We're doing a lot of ads testing, which all costs money. <laughs> and also part of what we're doing there is that I'm doing more kind of outreach work. I'm doing some writing again. I'm um, probably not by the time this is out, so I won't announce it yet, but I've been working on more kind of like philosophical business articles. I have a new um, writing, a new place that I'm doing some writing, which I'm really excited about. And all that stuff, which I personally love, um, it takes me away from some of the business things. So we need to generate money in order to support my ability to go and do these longer term things. They're going to have a longer term return on investment in the business, especially when it comes to extending our reach, getting in front of new potential customers and having a bigger impact. So in order for me to be less available in the business, we need more money to pay for things like ads and then also for hiring. So um, at the time of this recording, I like keep looking at the date. I'm like, what day is it? <laughs> I'm very confused today. I had my second COVID shot um, two days ago, and I'm still a little brain foggy, to be honest. We are going to be expanding our team some and extending how people are working with us. So that also costs money, right? There's a return on investment when we have people working in the company and doing awesome things and helping our customers and helping me grow the business. We end up making more money for sure. But it costs money up front. It's an investment to hire people and to and support people in that way. So those are the things that I'm looking at when I'm saying, oh, okay, I need to self-fund now. I need to raise a, raise a round of funding. <laughs> I'm thinking about, okay, what are the investments that I need to make in my business now for us to get to the next level? So I'm thinking really consciously about what those return on investment will be financially, but I'm focusing on making that money now so we can achieve these goals down the road. So I hope this is helpful in starting to think about self-funding. And especially for those of you that are already in your business and are looking for those next steps and trying to say, how do I get to that next level? Reality is sometimes it costs cash. Like that, that's like, that's, that's the, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's the rub. <laughs> Again, some of you will have big organic audiences that convert really well and that won't be part of your journey or depending on how your business model is, you may not need that many customers in order to have sustainable growth. But if you have a model that's more like mine, that is more volume dependent, then you need to reach new people and that's going to cost money. So this concept of self-funding, first of all, I hope it's just I hope it's just supportive to hear that you're not alone if you are self-funding your business, that that's really normal, and to be mindful of comparing yourself to people who have funding, who are able to make different kinds of decisions as a result. Some folks, and I'm not saying everyone who has fast growth has had that experience, but you know, just be mindful that you don't know what's going on behind the scenes, especially if it's privately held companies that aren't in tech. Often they don't actually announce funding rounds. Tech companies announce funding rounds. That's a way that they get more funding. <laughs> it's a very much like a social proof look. These people gave us money. Um, but a lot of other small businesses don't do that. Or maybe they're raising funds from another uh, another place or, or from, you know, family or friends or something like that. So I hope it's just kind of validating to, to say, like, yes, this is a real thing. This is what I do. That some of you may be doing this. 
And here are some strategies and ways to think about raising cash quickly in your business, especially when you do have a goal that you want to hit that making this extra cash in a short-term way will help you to achieve. And I think that last piece, just to reiterate, is to think that, yes, you can use this as like a cash flow band-aid, but keep in mind, this doesn't actually solve if your business has a real offer fit problem. So if your people are not buying your stuff in general, this is not going to fix that problem, right? That is usually an offer alignment issue. We're not communicating the offer effectively. We're not actually doing something that our customers need. We're not remembering to sell. There's a lot of different problems that can happen there. And I definitely recommend you check out our free training, how to create consistent income without doing all the things at holisticbusinessacademy.com forward slash consistent. If you want to learn more about my take on how to sell consistently, this isn't going to solve that problem. This might give you one month boost, but it's not going to solve a core selling problem. But for those of you whose business, you know, you are generating some money, but you need some cash to, I don't know, maybe you need, you want to go to a training, you want more, you want to get more knowledge, or you do want to hire a coach, or you want to be able to buy some ads, or you want to be able to bring on um, some support for your business, hire a VA or an employee. That's what this is really good for. Are these flash in the pan, I need some cash up front kind of moments where if you had funding, you would have a bank account to go and take this money from. But if you are working on achieving financial stability for yourself, whatever that looks like for you, and you need cash fast, this is how I think about it. So I hope this gives you some really concrete ways to start to think about it. Again, ask yourself, is this easy? Is it fast? And will it have a large ROI? And don't be afraid to try different things until you figure out what works best for your business. Again, for us, doing one-off sessions for me and doing um, doing workshops has worked really well. I'll tell you, I want to do a whole episode on fail on fails soon because I think it's really fun to talk about. We ran a bundle last year, which I thought was a fucking killer offer. I was so excited. And we sold two. <laughs> and the two of you who bought it, I hope you love it. I think that was a great fucking offer, but two people bought it. <laughs> so I've definitely tried stuff in this capacity that hasn't worked, though I was grateful for our two sales there. I thought we were going to have, I thought a lot more people were going to buy it. So just to let you know, this is, this is something that might require some testing to figure out what works at best for your business. If you try it, it doesn't work. Don't stop. Just try again. That's what business is in large part is trying things, seeing what does not work, and then eventually figuring out what does. So I hope this is helpful. I cannot wait to see you guys um, over on the internet or at our next episode. And yeah, I will talk to you next week. Bye for now.